Hey, welcome back to the program. My name is Alan Carter. Hope you're having a great Tuesday, a rainy day ahead. If the rain has not already begun where you are, we're going to get a lot of rain tonight, the possibility of flooding. Uh, stay with us throughout the course of the day here. We'll have updates for you. And then, of course, tonight, our meteorologist, Anthony Farnell, is with us on television between 5.30 and 6.30 with the very latest on what to expect, including snow. Snow in time for Friday as we go from a high of plus 9 today to minus 6 later in the week. The motion affirming the Emergencies Act passed in the House of Commons by a vote of 185 to 151. Even though the Liberals all voted in favor of it, there were dissenters in terms of speakers. Ontario MP Nathaniel Erskine-Smith from the Beaches area of Toronto uh, said that despite reservations, he would support the motion because the vote was a question of confidence, one that would trigger a general election if the government lost, so he couldn't vote against it to uh, possibly trigger an election. But, quote, I'm not convinced that the emergency measures should continue to exist beyond today, he told the House of Commons during the debate on Monday. Uh, my next guest says there, it, there is no legal justification for using the Emergencies Act. Abby Deshman is director of the Criminal Justice Program at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Welcome to the program. Why do you say there's no legal justification for the act? Yeah, it has to do with um, the law of the act itself. So the Emergencies Act is a really extraordinary piece of legislation. It concentrates an enormous amount of power in the executive branch of the federal government. So it's the prime minister and the cabinet ministers. Essentially gives them the power to pass binding orders without first going to parliament and without first, you know, going through the normal legislative process of how a law is passed. So because of the extraordinary power that it grants, uh, there's really high legal thresholds for when the government can use that power. And the act itself talks about national emergencies that the provinces are unable to deal with under existing laws and powers. Uh, it speaks about wars, it speaks about public order emergencies that relate to you know, CSIS, so you can think of terrorism or serious threats to the sovereignty of Canada. But that really is the focus of this legislation. So we're quite con concerned about the precedent that's being set right now, um, using emergency powers to deal with deeply concerning um, situations in Ottawa and at the border, absolutely appropriate subject for um, national attention, uh, including uh, police responses. But um, from our perspective, a dangerous precedent to use the Emergencies Act to respond in this way. So the, the federal government would say that without these powers, that they could not have done what happened over the course of the weekend. Uh, even Doug Ford, uh, supports the use of the act and congratulated police forces on the successful removal of the occupiers of uh, Ottawa. And here is Minister of Public Safety Marco Mendocino yesterday saying why it still needs to be in effect. We know that there are still a number of individuals who are affiliated with the illegal blockades who are in the area just this morning. Um, we saw that there's some reports for a potential um, um, activity in the area. So we have to remain vigilant and not only in Ottawa, um, but at our ports of entry. On the line is Abby Deshman, who is with the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Your reaction to what we heard there from the Minister of Public Safety? 
it's a real shift in justification. You know, a week ago, we heard from the government that they thought this was necessary in order to deal with ongoing blockades that were actually in place. And if you look at the documents they tabled in Parliament, they speak to the impact of those physical blockades on the economy, on trade relationships. We have um, disputes about whether those are uh, actual you know, concerns that rise to the threshold in the act. But by the time the parliament voted yesterday, those blockades were no longer in place. In fact, the border ones were dismantled before the act ever came into force, just using normal police powers and criminal law responses. So um, it's a shift in justification. And uh, what's most concerning to me is this now is no longer you know, on the ground. We have a situation that needs to be dealt with. It's more looking forward. It's um, anticipating possible risks to come. Um, it's much more speculative. There may well be information you know, that the government has that we don't know about, but I'm really concerned about speculative risks justifying emergency powers that apply not only in Ottawa, not only at the borders, but in every single community across the country. Right now, those emergency orders are in force for every single community, every single person that might want to go out and protest about anything. Um, those emergency orders apply to them. I don't understand how that could be a justifiable response to a few specific incidences. One of the other justifications that the government gives for using the act is that it, it had to have extra powers to deal with the money. That even though you you know might successfully argue, well, listen, the blockades uh, at the Ambassador Bridge were cleared with police prior to the invocation of the act, that they need the act to be able to go after the money. What's your reaction to that? You know, it's a really extraordinary power that they've granted to themselves. Um, we don't usually uh, stop people overseas from donating to causes. And, you know, certainly you can be concerned about the amount of money that is coming from um, non-Canadians and the impact that that might have on the discussion and the issues or the protests that are happening. But uh, it is actually more typical of a really repressive governments to say this is a foreign funded movement um, that is coming in and subverting our democratic process. It's very unusual. You know, NGOs aren't required to track how much foreign funding they receive um, in Canada. So the financial orders they've put in place, they mirror actually the terrorism provisions um, that are in place. They're very expansive. Um, they're very far reaching. And while I certainly think that you know, concerns about foreign influence and foreign funding need to be part of the discussion, I am quite worried about the breadth of the measures and uh, that they've put in place and, and the general dialogue on you know, foreign funding in and of itself is a problem. Uh, what do you think is going to happen going forward? Do you, you have any sense of whether or not it'll pass the Senate? I guess, I mean, it, it looks like it'll go through. It's, it's gone through the House. It, it, it does seem odd that we're going to continue to debate for another week and a half after the convoy has already been cleared. Yeah, I, you know, I was really hoping that um, on Monday uh, that the government would have said, you know, the barricades are down. Uh, we no longer need these powers, according to our own justifications that we tabled a week prior. So now I really don't know. You know, we have heard from uh, Minister Blair that there are threats still out there. You know, what exactly, where, where are the new endposts for this continued state of emergency that the government um, says we're in and says justifies, um, you know, the use of these Emergencies Act? Um, I, I am not sure um, because I don't understand, you know, what the end goal is anymore. Abby, great to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Please be well. Yeah, you too. Thank you. 
That's Abby Deshman, who is director of the Criminal Justice Program at the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, obviously very concerning. And I think going forward, much of the discussion will be just about, okay, even though the polling suggests that Canadians were in support of the use of the act to clear the occupation of Ottawa, now that that's done, why are we having senators you know, discuss it and vote on it when it seems to be done? And do we need more clear evidence from the government other than, hey, this could happen again? I think they have to rise to a higher standard than, well, it might happen again, so that we still need the powers. I'm Alan Carter.